How do you process change? In today's episode, our special guest, Dennis Volpe, shares how he processed his next step after retirement for what he calls purposeful and meaningful work. Stay tuned to his inspiring journey. You won't want to miss it. Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. And check out our new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change. Well, my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, check out my social media links and connect with me. I would love to hear from you. And today, our amazing guest is Dennis Volpe. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Thanks for having me, Shay. I've been looking forward to this uh, since we connected, probably, I guess it's like two months ago, and uh, really excited to have a conversation with you today. Well, I have to say thank you for being patient. I know we had to do some rescheduling and thank you for Adam Bird for introducing us. So I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, absolutely. And any friend of Adam's seems to be a friend of mine. So I (laughs) I love this. I love this. And you're an author, so we'll get dived in here. So for those of you who don't know, Dennis Volpe is the founder of the Severin River Leadership Group, which is a veteran-owned small business. As an international coaching federation, professional certified coach with Leadership Research Institute, specializing in performance, personal leadership and transition coaching, he is committed to the development and success of military veteran, first responders, and elite athletes. He is a small business owner, and he also works through business investing, performance coaching, and leadership consulting. You can find out more on his website at dennis-volpe.com. And of course, we'll have those in the show notes as well. So Dennis, I know that you are a coach, you're a leader, you're also a an author, and so many things to dive in today. So my first question that I always like to ask is what does investing in people mean to you? I think the biggest thing in investing in people is about connection. Mm. And investing in that relationship, because leadership and life is all about the relationships that we have. So true. And and in today's world, and I say in today's world, post-COVID era, do you find that there's so many leaders lacking in that connection piece because one, they've not been in the office or they're not in the one on the face-to-face anymore. Have you found that in your work that there's something that's been missing? 
I think the answer to that is yes, but I think it it's multifaceted. You know, that connection is what allows those relationships to happen. So yeah. if those relationships were established pre-COVID, mm-hmm. then there's not as much of an issue. But if those relationships actually came into being in a COVID world, sometimes those connections are harder because you've actually never actually met somebody in person and shook their hand or mm-hmm. gave them a hug or, or whatever it is and really had that one-on-one interaction to really connect with them on a personal level. And right now it's literally just a box on a Zoom screen. Yeah, like like we are right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> go, go on, were you going to say somewhere? No, and, and I think from, from a leadership perspective, particularly in whether it's a remote environment or a hybrid environment, we have to worry about communication and being very, very deliberate about what our expectations are of others, what our priorities are of others, and really giving each other space for that connection and mm. for that camaraderie to happen. Mm, I love that you just said giving each other space because I just had a conversation with one of my clients recently who is now like a been off from the office, started a new job during the shutdown. So now he's not even met his team in person for the last, you know, year and a half, almost two years. And so now he's like, okay, getting a little anxious about going back to the office, probably in 2022. And like, how do I, what do I, how do I do this? And I said, you know, you really have to, and I love that you said it, you have to give yourself space as well as the other people, because it's almost like you're reintegrate. Like it's almost like little kids outside for recess. You're going to have to really kind of play and figure it out. Like, well, how is this going to work? How is our, our personality dynamics mesh together in this? So I love that you said that. Yeah. And it's like, if I reflect back on my previous life as, as a military officer, it's like an 18 month deployment. Mm. And you're just going to come back and you actually have to observe the environment. You have to orient yourself to the new reality and then make decisions and act on what that reality is presenting to you. Mm. So you can't true. Just dive in. Yeah, right. You can't just dive in. I mean, well, I take that back. I guess you can dive in, right? But is there repercussions that you have found that when people just dive in and just try to figure it out? Or do you prefer to see people have a plan? Well, I think you answered that question. <laughs> uh, you know, having a plan relative to, you know, your team and understanding, taking the time, even if it's in a virtual environment, to understand how your individual team members communicate What's the language that they hear? What's the language that they want to communicate in? So that way you have the right cadence. You have the right message. And that the message that you have is actually going to be heard. Mm. Because the big thing that people want is they want to be heard. They want to be seen and they want to really feel valued. Mm -hmm. And once we figure out how to do that, in a virtual environment, it's actually easier in person. Mm, 
I completely agree. And I feel like what you're really, you know, just hitting the nail on the head is about intentions is being able to choose how we show up when we get there. So you're right. It is a plan. We get to plan how we show up rather than just showing up and being like, all right, here I am. Let's, let's do this. So take us back, if you will, to when you were in the Navy and you were transitioning out. Did you have a plan for yourself or did you just dive in and kind of figure it out? And now that's why you become this amazing transition coach. So I wrote a book on it. Yeah. I wrote a book, Transition on Purpose. And really because I didn't necessarily have a plan because the plan I had changed. Mm. And uh, and how did it change? Well, I was a commanding officer. I was a warship captain. In February of 2014, we were doing a national tasking mission and supporting the uh, Sochi Olympics. So we were off the coast of Sochi, Russia, providing maritime presence. And uh, close enough that you could actually see the uh, Olympic torch in the foreground. Of, wow. Of the- Close enough that the Russians weren't too happy we were there. And close enough that the people back here in the United States, in terms of our leadership, were really interested in what we were doing and how we were doing it. Mm. So from, from that perspective, professionally, you're on top of the world. Right. You're doing a warship captain, doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you fast forward about uh, a week or so, a week and a half, and we had to check off station and sail across the Black Sea and go get fuel. And we had an operational mishap. We ended up having a grounding and damaging our propeller. Mm. We were deemed non-mission capable during a heightened time in the Black Sea. Mm. And what that really meant was we were non-mission capable and I was in charge. So I was responsible and I was accountable for that mishap. And Mm. the end result was I was fired as as a ship captain. And rightly so. Because as as a commanding officer in the military, you are always responsible and you're always accountable for what your teams do well and what they don't do well. Mm. And that way, we you know, that day, we did not perform. As a result, the plan I had in terms of really continuing my my career, stopped that day. Wow. So I went from having a career that had a, a pretty amazing, you know, trajectory mm-hmm. to one that stopped. Wow. I had to really figure out who I was, what really mattered to me, and what I wanted to do about it. Mm-hmm. And how did you go about figuring that out? Like, what steps did you take? What did you feel at first? I'm sure there was a lot of emotions that you went through. Yeah. So I, I'll start with the last question. I felt like I failed. Not only did I let myself down, but I let my family down. I let my my team down, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out how do you take failing at something and making sure that you're not a failure. Mm. Yes. And taking that, you know, tragedy or that trauma or that crucible Mm -hmm. and uh, propelling yourself to triumph. Mm. How do you go from, and I didn't get all the way there, but how do you get or how do you let 
rock bottom. Yeah. Be that stable foundation for you to take those steps forward in a positive direction. So what did I do? Well, I started reaching out to some mentors. Mm -hmm. The big thing was giving myself time and space to really figure things out. And um, the sport of triathlon helped a lot. Mm, Okay. Uh, Because when you're swimming, when you're biking, when you're running, you have a lot of time and space to think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To figure out, okay, what matters to me? Why does it matter to me? And what do I want to do about it? And identifying what my values were. Because I spent... If you include my time at the Naval Academy, I spent 24 years in the service. Wow. And the core values of the Naval Service, honor, courage, and commitment, they were part of me. Mm. But that wasn't all of me. Mm. So I had to find the rest. And really digging into what do I need in my life to allow me to be the best version of myself. And concluded that, yeah, my values are autonomy. Being able to do the things I want to do with the people I want to do them with, kind of on my, on my terms. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I need. If you took everything else away from me, I always need autonomy. Mm. But what else do I need? I need impact. The ability to empower, energize, and equip other people to be the best version of themselves, whether that's personally or professionally or both. Give me those two things and I'll keep going. I love this. And the connection is a third, right? The opportunity to interact with amazing people who are doing epic things in their lives. So that way I'm always around people who are going to challenge me to be better today than I was yesterday and better tomorrow than I was today. And then if you couple all of that with security, financial security, physical security, and emotional safety, Mm. then I could be the best version of myself. People ask me, well, how do you define success? Well, if I have autonomy, if I have impact, if I have connection and security, that's success to me. I make value-based decisions. And then in terms of the work I do, that's what I do. I help others I support others in making more informed decisions about the work they do and the life they lead. You know, I love that you really talked about values. Values is so important to me as well, especially in my my coaching, but just personally. And I'm just curious because I know a lot of the people that are listening are are maybe they're in transition as well, or they're considering transitioning into something new, maybe starting a business, maybe writing a book, maybe starting a podcast, maybe just, you know, figuring out what's next for them. So was there a particular, I know that you're a strength finders coach. So it was there a particular class that you took or a test or just journaling or just the running, hitting the pavement And your intuition told you, oh, no, you like autonomy. Oh, you have to have impact. And you got to add that connection in there. Or was there something more outside of yourself that that really kind of dug those into you? I think there's there's multiple answers to that question. First, it was providing myself the time and space 
to have those conversations with myself. Now, when you say, when you say have those conversations, were you literally just running and doing your training, your triathlon and thinking, or did you, did you record yourself and then go back and look at it? Or did you write it down and go back and look at it? So that would have been the smarter way to do it. <laughs> writing it down and recording it. No, I just had those conversations. And unfortunately for my wife, I would come back and I'd be like, Brah. And, uh, you, she would get the verb, verbal vomit of ideas. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And, but I also spent the time when I sorted out that I wanted to be a coach. I went through the Columbia coaching program. Mm-hmm which was transformative to me mm. uh, or for me. And I also took some time to go through a couple of different certifications that helped me not only be ready to support others, but also take the time to look at me. Yes. Whether it was Myers-Briggs certification or DISC certification or emotional intelligence certification or the Gallup Strength Finder. It just provided me an understanding of really what are my strengths? What are my areas of genius? What Mm. are those things that really energize me? You know, and what are those things that really, really matter to me? And who are the people that I want to do that stuff with? Who do I want to be in the arena with? And when I was able to figure out the answers to those four big questions, it allowed me to really focus my energy, attention, and effort on purposeful work. Mm, I love this. And you can just see how your energy has just exudes when you talk about purposeful work, because I know how exciting it is when you get into that space and you can just see it as uh, you're talking. So I love that our listeners can hopefully hear it come through as well. And I love that you really mentioned about how all the different steps that you took and the classes and and certifications, because I find that there's something really important in my own journey that we have to take that time and that space to dive in, invest in yourself. And then as you can see what's happened with yourself, and so our listeners can see what's happened when they do this, is that it just naturally overflows. So because you've learned about in, in, uh, emotional intelligence, because you learned about strength finders, now you've become that coach for others. So it just automatically overflows and not even thinking about it. It's like, well, of course, that's what I'm going to coach on because that's what I went through, right? And so I love that you're doing that. So take us into now you're, you've created all of this or you've taken all these these classes and these steps, and you've learned more about what you want. You've learned about the autonomy. You've learned about the connection and impact. And now you're getting to, okay, what's next? So you talked about investing in yourself. Well, I also worked with a bunch of coaches. Ah, yes. So that way, because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody needs a coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At least in my opinion, because if you want to, because coaching is all about unlocking human performance. It doesn't matter if it's on a rugby pitch, a lacrosse field, a boardroom, a manufacturing site, doesn't matter. That's what we're trying to do all the time. Unlock human performance. And how do you do that? Well, you've got to figure out where you're at. Mm -hmm. You need to really embrace your reality and you have to have an objective. 
You have to have a desired end state. And then you have to identify not only the steps to get from where you're at to where you want to go, but also the challenges and the barriers and obstacles that might exist between here and there. And that's why you need a coach. Because sometimes you don't see them. Because sometimes you're in your own way. And that's what the coaches helped me do, is really see, hey, where, where are you? Because you know where you want to be and what's in the way. And very often, it was me. <laughs> I was in my own way. And that's why working with a coach to provide that insight, to provide that perspective, provide that accountability was so helpful. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that about how you were in the way, because I think that's what we don't realize is that a lot of times we want to blame something externally. Oh, it's, it's the wrong job. It's the wrong boss or manager, leader, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, when are you going to look at yourself and figure out how you can change that yourself? And then you can be able to move forward in a different manner. And I love that you said that. And I completely agree with you. I think everyone needs a coach, uh, also a coach here. So I think that's part of the reason we've immediately connected because we both agree on that. So is there a, a part of your story where you were like, you know, I really decided that after everything that happened with me in the Navy, that this just really needed to expand even more and me create a bigger impact. And so, of course, writing the book is just natural. Or were you more into coaching first and then the, the book came out of it? Yes. <laughs> and, and, I, and I say that jokingly. Yeah, I talked about that connection piece. I think that's where the book came from because I got intentional about building my personal success network. Mm. And, you know, that success network starts with what I call a QRF. Right, a quick reaction force. Those people who you know, like, trust, and depend on, and who are going to provide you with that accountability. Not the accountability that you want, mm. but the accountability that you need. I, I had mentors who were in that group that told me I need to tell my story. Mm. Not because it would benefit me, but it would benefit other people. Yes. Because my story is not unique, but it's personal. Yes. Because there's tons of people out there that have been on top of their game. And for whatever reason, whether it was professional or personal, got knocked off. Mm. And it's about picking yourself back up. Or if you can't pick yourself back up, making sure that you have people around you that are going to help you get back up. And then start taking that one step forward. Mm. in a positive direction. So that's where the, the book came from. But I started coaching first. Mm. So I've been coaching for about five years now. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to see, because I had the opportunity not to coach everybody, but to coach across the spectrum, mm -hmm. whether that's directors in, in the corporate space, general managers in, in, in the corporate manufacturing space, emerging leaders, developing talent programs, or transitioning military veterans. And it's provided me the opportunity to actually identify, and this might be the second book, by the way, identify those areas that are impediments, that are mm -hmm. obstacles, that are challenges, that are not 
unique to each each individual subset of people, but across the the spectrum. And self awareness was one of them. You know what? Taking the time to understand what you want and why you want it. Self management, mm-hmm. which is tied to self awareness, because if you don't know what you want and you don't know why you want it, and you haven't defined success then you're not going to be able to set the right boundaries. You're not going to be able to set the right priorities and focus your energy, your attention, and your effort on what matters because you don't know what matters. And then because of that, there's always this confusion between resilience and endurance or resilience and perseverance that we, we can just keep our head down and keep going and going and going and we don't pay attention to our mental health. We don't pay attention to our physical wellness. We don't pay attention to our social connection or our sense of purpose. And then change and transition. Very often that gets confused, right? Because change, Mm -hmm. which you highlighted earlier, change is a fact of life. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a change of job, whether it's a change of location, you know, something happens in your personal life, your professional life. That's a fact. It happens to all of us. Transition. Is a choice. Mm. How you decide to do something else is a choice that you get to make as the leader of yourself. And then there's there's a fear to ask for support. Because mm. we don't want to admit that we can't do everything. Mm. But life is a contact sport. And as a former rugby player and lacrosse player... I could say that, right? We're going to get knocked down. Mm -hmm. But life is also a team sport. And we get to choose who's on our team. And then the last one, and this is kind of a new one, is how do we manage conflict better? Not Mm -hmm. resolve conflict, but manage conflict. Mm -hmm. Whether that's personally or professionally. So when you think about those, you know, barriers, well, how would you grade yourself? How self-aware am I right now? Do I know what I want? Do I know why I want it? Have I defined success for me, for my family, or those who matter to me? Have I set the right priorities? So that way I can focus my energy, attention, and effort on what matters to me. And I've got the right boundaries in place and the right people in place to help me get to where I want to go. Knowing that, guess what? What matters, our values, our expectations, and our priorities, but what can we control? Because that was also something that you asked about. You know, what was helpful to me mm-hmm. was doing a deep dive into stoicism mm. and looking at, well, what can we control? Mm-hmm. We can control our attitude. We can control our behavior. Mm-hmm. We can control our perspective. We can control our actions and our effort. That's a lot of stuff. And understanding that all of those things are a choice that we get to make each and every day. And that's what's going to help get us to where we want to go, is understanding that it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And as, as leaders, making that choice each and every day is important. I just want to say, amen, amen, amen. (laughs) You're having church today. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. All of it. 
All of it. And I love that you talked about choice. And there's some some things there I want to talk, hit the just kind of pull out a little bit more. So you talked about choice, but there's also this fear that shows up, right? When we're getting ready to make that choice and we don't know what to do. And a lot of times it's that key component of that question that you want at, that you asked is what is it that I want? I know myself, but I know a lot of listeners are listening to this and they're like, I don't even know what I want. And that is fear talking, right? And because you now get to make a choice. So what advice would you tell them when they're at that moment of, I don't know what I want. And I know that there's a choice to be made and I don't even know where to begin. Start with what you don't want. Mm. You know, that self-awareness piece that we talked about, you know, one of the reasons why there's not a lot of self-awareness is because there's not a lot of reflection Mm -hmm. because we are busy people. Right. (laughs) And one of the things that we're not good at, and I throw myself into this bucket, I'm getting better, but I still need work, is making time, deliberate and intentional time for reflection to see how am I doing? But also, how is my environment impacting me? And what do I want to be part of my everyday? And what don't I want to be part of my everyday or my every week or my every month or my every year? And identifying those things, whether they're personally, they're personal or professional to say, yes, this needs to be part of me. But also, what doesn't need to be part of me? Yes. Knowing what energizes us and what de-energizes us. And if you don't know what energizes you or what you want, identify those things that you don't want. Identify those things that take away from you. Take away from you being your best self. Whether those things are at work, whether those things are, are in your personal life, doesn't matter. But making sure that you understand, hey, you know what? I can't do that anymore because it doesn't add value to me and to those around me. So start with what you don't want, and then you'll eventually get to what you need. I love that you said that because a lot of times we look at at what we do want, even if we don't know, we're like, oh, well, that sounds good because that's externally from everyone else. So I love that you put in the reflection part because so oftentimes we're not even noticing what energizes us and doesn't like de-energizes it. We're not even noticing. We're not paying attention. We don't have that self-awareness piece. So I love that you mentioned that. And for me, I always say like, if look into your body, like what does it feel like when you think about something that you want to do or something that you don't want to do? What's the difference, how it shows up in your body? Because that to me is really the key component of you being fired up or you being like, I don't want to go there. I don't even want to think about having that conversation or, or even doing that task. I don't want to do it. So yeah, I definitely will thank you for your answer. Cause I love that you said that about the energizing and the de-energizing. Because if you even do it for a week and to your point, pay attention to your energy levels mm-hmm. and think about, well, what was I doing? Mm-hmm. When I was absolutely energized and conversely, well, what was I doing when I was like, oh, 
I have yes. to do that again? Yes. And you know, I joke with some of my clients and say, you know, it's a pretty simple math problem. Do more things that you like and that energize you and do less things that you dislike and that are de-energizing. Sometimes it's not that simple because there, there are things that, you know, we have to do that we don't like to do because we, it's, it's just part of life. But if you have an opportunity to get rid of some of those things, making that choice is important. Because mm. realize that not choosing is also a choice. Bingo. Mic drop. You're absolutely correct. Making it not making a choice is a choice. So I we could clearly talk hours on this and but yet, you know, we're we're coming to running out of time shortly. So before we wrap up, we just have a few more questions to go. I would really know like to know how people can get connected to you, your social media, your website, because I know people are listening to this like, absolutely, I gotta know more what Dennis has to offer. I want to know his book. Well, you know, how can people really connect, haha, back with you? Because they're seeing value in what you're saying. The best way to get in touch with me is through my website. So Dennis-Volpe.com. If you're interested in reading Transition on Purpose, you can go to that website, which is transitiononpurpose.com, or you can, or you can get it on Amazon. And I am on LinkedIn. And if you want to look at what, what I provide, go go to my website. But also, I'm a principal at the Leadership Research Institute. So if you want to look at what we can provide holistically, that that website is www.lri.com. Thank you for sharing those. And we'll have them in the show notes as well. And what is the Leadership Institute? So the Leadership Research Institute is a leadership development consultancy, as well as an executive coaching firm. You know, our mission is to transform leaders to transform the world. Hmm. And we partner with organizations to accelerate the the development and growth of their leaders and their leadership teams by developing them, by empowering them, and by equipping them so they could be that transformative force to really positively impact their environment, whether that's personally or professionally. Hmm. So to create a positive environment and ultimately to make the world a better place. You know, Dennis, you have mentioned so many uh, amazing nuggets and I kind of have a feeling that I might know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You were a, a high commander leader in the Navy and now you're a leader in the coaching world and now you've written a book. And so I'm just want to know if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I mean, that's great for you, Dennis, but what about, what about me? What, I mean, how can I do what anything that you, that you do? So what do you want anyone to take away from this? What do you want to be remembered for? That I think the, the biggest thing, and I've said it already, is that life is a contact sport. Mm. And we all are going to get knocked down at some point in time. But realize that life is a team sport. And we get to choose who's on our team. But at the end of the day, life is all about the choices that we make. And we control a lot more 
in life than we think we do. So start off by deciding what you want to do. Decide how you have defined success for you and those people that really matter to you. And then take action. Figure out what that one thing is that's going to have a positive impact on your reality and take that step. You don't have to get all the way there, but take that one step in that positive direction. And if you need help, I'm just an email away. Awesome. I love that. Know that life is a team sport as well as a contact sport. Great. I love that. So I've just enjoyed our conversation and I do, I, like I said, I just got your book yesterday, so I can't wait to dive into it. So thank you for that. And I am, you know, getting ready to close, but I always like to leave with this last question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Oh, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, I'm going to take something from, from Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. And kind of mix it with Theodore Roosevelt, if that's okay. Of course. And because I am a big proponent, a big fan of the man or the woman in the arena. So it's not the critic who counts. And the obstacle is the way. Mm. So it's not the critic who counts. And the obstacle, whatever that may be, is the way. I love that. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dennis. You've you've lightened our enlightened our our minds and lightened our hearts. So thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I know that you took some notes because Dennis dropped some major wisdom on us. So if you did, then go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. And until next time, let's get fired up. Did you know that when you share the knowledge that you gained from an experience, it becomes wisdom? There is power in sharing your voice of wisdom inside a book to leave a legacy for generations to learn from your experience. And then add collaborating with other leaders. Your legacy makes an even bigger impact. Like co-author Joe Bogdan, who shares in his chapter how being better has no finish line. He said his experience in the hashtag Firestarters book project has been nothing short of amazing. From him being a first-time author, he loved our supportive approach, and we earned his trust immediately. If you're curious about joining the next collection of Firestarters co-authors, then join the movement today at firestartersbookproject.com.